Welcome everybody to True Exact Show. I'm here with Eric, Brian, Ellie, and our guest. Coming back, a friend of the show, I consider him now. You know, we've been in contact since August. Uh, kept in touch. Uh, Paul Clerkin, you've probably seen him. Nat Geo, Alien Sharks, or whatnot. But before we get to that, we are back at the beach. That's why I'm wearing my Hawaiian shirt. I'm sure everyone's wondering that who's watching. Ellie's rocking the Sharks jersey. Horrible hockey team who lost in 2016 to my Pittsburgh Penguins. But she's all down with the cause. So good for her. So we're gonna we're gonna get into some shark stuff that we might not have touched on back in August. And uh, but first, Paul, how you doing, man? Hey, Scott. Yeah, I'm I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Um, it's always fun to talk to you guys. Um, yeah, everything's good over here. Uh, you know, we're trying to move forward with a couple of projects, but everything's just kind of getting, uh, you know, slowed down with the pandemic. Right. So a, a little update on what you were doing in August. Like, were you? On to a mission that got canceled. Is there anything in the works right now? Are you headed overseas? Are you even allowed to travel? Uh, I mean, right now, I think traveling is uh, is kind of a problem. A lot of the places that um, I tend to work are um, kind of lesser studied areas, and they're kind of uh, some of the areas that we're not able to travel to and from so much. Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny. We had a, a whole bunch of great stuff uh, that was supposed to take off, like in twenty twenty. We ha- we're going to work on so many projects and so many do so many trips, and they they all kind of got changed. Even the Shark Week show we did, we had to change a whole lot um, just to you know get it done in time. Um, but yeah, I mean we, we have a couple of projects now which are like pretty much teed up, and it's just a matter of whether we can travel and come back. Um, you know, sometimes the the locations that we're going to are not accepting. Uh, foreigners so uh, i mean we're just gonna have to see we're moving forward like it's going to happen but there's no way to really tell now does that piss you off because as an explorer think about it like if you know the the sharks are out in these regions you can't get to and someone else is tapping the maple off of that tree and getting <laughs> the drip are you guys, gonna, are you, guys- you, know, you know he had that in his pocket earlier today he's like i can't wait to use this maple drip line <laughs> I got that from Riverdale with the Blossoms. We're on to that show, the wife and I. So <laughs> so are you guys like, oh, no, we're getting our – like everything's getting taken, that area. Is there like a competitiveness about it? Uh, I mean, kind of. There, it's, a, it's a kind of surprisingly competitive, you know, world in academia. Um, I don't think I have – like, you know, I don't have to worry like about like – something in particular, but the longer you, like, put off, like, uh, something, the, the higher chances. Like, I'm not, like, worried about being scooped, like, this year, but if it gets put off another year, another year, like, eventually, um, you know, somebody else will do some of these projects. And um, some of them, you know, some of them we've been, like, lining up for a while, and we're pretty good to go on. Some of them we've, like, kind of worked on before, and, you know, so uh, for the for the science is one thing, but the documentaries are another, um, because you have to deal with... Um, you know, filmmakers and everything like that. And so, um, yeah, the, the filmmaking crew uh, can be kind of competitive with all the different production companies. Right. I, now, I know I know you said a lot of stuff in the text was a little confidential. So, you know, we might get into yeah. that stuff a little later. Uh, I'll pass it to Ellie, who's who's new to the program. So I know she's into sharks and stuff. So uh, if you want to go for any questions you got, Paul, go for it. Perfect. Okay. So do you also <laughs> study? Oh, I wrote them down. I was, I've been ready. I've been ready all day. So do you also study skates or just sharks or are skates also sharks? Cause like, I've never really been clear on like, I know it's like, you know, skates, sharks and rays, but like some of them are like long nose skate and it's also classified as a shark. So like some clarification on that would be great. And then also do you study them? 
Uh, yeah, sure. So um, the uh, as you were talking about the chondrichthians earlier, those are all the, all the cartilaginous uh, fish, you know, the ones that have um, cartilage instead of true bones. And um, they break off into um, the uh, lazarbranchs and the uh, chondrichthians, or sorry, the um, chimeras. Like, so you have ghost sharks, and then you have um, sharks and rays, and then that, you know, breaks it obviously to sharks and rays. So they're all kind of, you know, in the same group. And I don't, like, actively exclude them uh, when I'm studying. I just wind up uh, working in areas that are focused on sharks. And when I'm, if I'm working on a project for Shark Week, we've actually tried pitching them a whole bunch of projects with, like, um, rays or, uh, you know, like the, the giant stingrays. They get, like, gigantic. Um, and, um, like, the uh, bowmouth guitarfish, they, they call them um, uh, shark rays, and they're really crazy-looking. But I, we just can't, uh, you know, it's Shark Week. You can't put in, I mean, you know, sometimes you pepper them in on the side, but you can't sell a show on a, on a big skate. It just doesn't make sense. It'd be like trying to put a penguin in Shark Week. So uh, I am interested in them, but I just don't study them as much. And um, because of that, I, I know less about them. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, because there are some, like, crazy-looking ones out there. Like, again, like the long-nosed one, it's, it looks pretty much like a shark-ray hybrid, and it's pretty alien looking no pun intended um and then another question are there any like shark species that are strictly native to like trenches like is there a deep sea mariana trench shark that you've like been able to study or that you're aware of uh i'm not sure of any that are only native to trench i mean there's like some that are um they they seem well i, I think it's probably maybe because we study them so little that we only see them in one place because we've seen some like in the Indian Ocean that are only on one seamount. They're probably on some other seamounts. Maybe they're not because they, they don't seem like they travel a whole lot, so they could be isolated um, to that seamount. Um, what about the Greenland shark? Oh, yeah, Greenland sharks are cool. Um, yeah, you know, they're big, they're slow. They're part of the, um, the sleeper shark. So we have the Greenland shark, uh, the Pacific sleeper, and the, um, what's it, the southern sleeper shark. And they're all very similar. The, the way that we actually tell them apart is usually like where you find them, which is... Not the best way to tell an animal apart. Um, <laughs> that's what we wind up doing. And then uh, yeah. the Greenland, like, isn't there some parasite that usually eats, like, their cornea or something, and so they're virtually blind? Is that, do I have that correct? Yeah, it's messed up. They get these copepods that, like, latch on their, uh, onto their eyeballs, and, like, they'll eat the, like, the, the lens or cornea out of their eyes, um, and they're just on there. Uh, when uh, we were in Alaska doing this last project with the Pacific Sleepers, they were on almost... Every one we got, I think, had one on each eye, and they're uh, they're last on there. Um, Hold on, Paul. I gotta ask really quick. The Greenland—that's the Greenland shark with the parasite you just mentioned. Yeah, the Greenland okay. shark and the Pacific sleepers have it. Too. Okay, let me ask you this. So apparently, according to evolution, if my knowledge is correct, the porcupine at first wasn't born with spikes. It adapted. Sharks have been around for 420 million fucking years. This thing can't adapt and like get some sort of blockage so a parasite can't eat its eye anymore? I mean, what's uh, going on? Well, you know, what I think it is, um, you know, natural selection has to, it has to be enough to um, prevent an individual from like living long enough to mate. Because if they mate and they pass on those genes, you know, that's, that's a passing grade. It doesn't matter hmm you know, if they can see or not. And uh, they do live in, like, below the where light penetrates the water, so they probably mm -hmm. aren't depending that much on their eyes anyway. So it's, it's not ideal, but I, I think they're able to get by without their eyesight. Oh. They're gangster. They don't even need eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> eat them. I don't care. 
<laughs> now, now to follow that up, Scott, what would you suggest their evolutionary trait be to solve that problem? They get goggles. Born with, they get yeah goggles. They're born goggles. with goggles. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Hor- yeah, like Horace Grant, <laughs> the basketball player. Just stra- start strapping goggles on all these sharks when <laughs> you tag them. They uh, they just published a study where they they found you know how sharks have those abrasive uh, denticles, which are like their tooth like um, scales. That's called dermal denticles. That, dermal denticles, that's right. They, um, yeah. they, they found whale sharks have them over covering their eyes. There you go. Take notes yeah. from the whale shark, Greenland. <laughs> well, is it possible that they could eventually evolve to just not having eyes at all? Is, is it possible that they could go that way? I mean, uh, when it comes to evolution, I, I suppose. I mean, there are like... Um, like the blind rays, this, you know, fish uh, have evolved to have very small eyes or, or no eyes when they live in the dark. So there's um, a bunch of rays that have very, very small, hard to even see eyes. Um, you know, I, I guess it would have to take a, a long time and they'd have to have some incentive, like whether they're saving energy by not having to produce eyes. That kind of be de-evolution. You're kind of like, you know, you were born with eyes. Fuck it. We're going back to where you don't have eyes. All right. <laughs> that- you don't eat them. Yeah. I mean, I they're guess. being eaten out by parasites, so it's not like they're really using them anyway, so why have them? Yeah, but then they'll be killed, but then the parasites won't have any food, and, you know, the circle <laughs> of life. So essentially, okay. like, they become, they potentially, I mean, it's evolution, so who knows where it's going. They could be, like, a vestigial structure, like human body hair, essentially, which is kind of, they're just there, they don't really serve a purpose anymore, they're just kind of there. Yeah, pretty much, you know, I mean, uh, on some of those animals, you, you need to see you know, vestigial stuff when they're, when they're not using it. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen on a shark? Like, I, I know that, like, you've seen a lot of shit, but, like, you hear about what they look like and you grab one up, you're like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Uh, some of the weirdest stuff I've actually seen with sharks are um, ones that have survived, you know, um, some a, a lot of damage and they seem to be doing fine. I uh, I was on a boat once and they caught a um, a seal shark or they call it a kitefin shark um, and uh, it was probably I don't know maybe four feet long and it just had no tail um, and it seemed to be doing fine it wasn't like emaciated it was able to swim and eat and hunt and stuff like that but just with no tail and like I, I actually saw a couple of sharks with no tails I saw one um, orange ruffy. And it, its back had been bitten by something, probably a shark. And there was a scoop out uh, of its back, and it had grown around its exposed backbone. Ooh. And it was like, wow. no, but it was still like swimming and hunting and surviving. So, uh, yeah, some of these animals are just really robust. That's wild. They really are alien sharks. <laughs> yeah, there's, a lot of, there's weird ones down there, man. Hey, what's, what's older, uh, sharks or alligators? Uh, you know, that one, I don't know. Um, sharks have been around for over uh, 400 million years, so uh, before dinosaurs, before transtorts rex, but um, I don't know how long alligators have been around. Maybe Ellie will know. Uh, pretty, I, if I remember correctly, like, you, as far as the alligator, like, family, um, we did, we've done the Black Cayman in South America. They've been around, I want to say, almost as long as sharks if not either the same amount or maybe slightly less but they're up there with frogs where it's like they just kind of always been there 85 million years oh yeah i knew that off the top of my head i didn't google yeah. 
if you <laughs> want to say right away. <laughs> Got a tattooed on him. Yeah. I, I have a question um, since you're into, like, the deep seas and whatnot. And, and I, we didn't ask this last time you were on. I don't know why. I think Brian would like to know the answer to this. Is the Loch Ness Monster real? Yeah. I mean, so actually, I used to uh, love the Loch Ness Monster when I was a kid, you know? Um, and I, I used to watch the documentaries, and, um, and they have all this, like, evidence. But, like, you know, it's just it just can't really be real. I mean, you know, they should have. They should have seen something by by now. People used to think it was like a dinosaur that was like hiding in there. There are some people that think it actually is like a a big sleeper shark in the fresh water. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. As much as I want to say yes, like there's there's no there's no way. There's, Sorry, um, Brian. Actually, uh, and there's also you know the thing is it wouldn't be like an individual. It would have to be a population, you know, yeah. to like keep reproducing. So you would be looking for one dinosaur. You'd be looking for a whole population living in that in that lock. Go on, Ellie. Sorry, Brian. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. Uh, River Monsters. I don't know if you guys are familiar with River Monsters. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Wade. He did, he did do a Loch Ness Monster episode, and he suspect I forget what they what he found in there, but it's like the Loch. Like apparently, well, not apparently. Based on his research, it couldn't really support a large life form, or it didn't have substantial like prey in there to support a large life form. Like. If it was in there, it would probably just be in there either by mistake or just checking it out or seeking refuge. But um, they, I forget what, I think it was some kind of shark is what they were suspecting. They mm. think it was, I can't remember correctly, but I believe uh, you can like find all of River Monsters on like Netflix or something. It's mm. a fantastic show. <laughs> I just put it in the same classification as like Bigfoot. They're never going to find any of this stuff. And if somebody actually did, do you think any government would let that out anywhere? Well, what, what's the uh, why? Why would they stop uh, if, if people found a Bigfoot? I mean, does the big, Bigfoot have like information, like government secrets? <laughs> he just might <laughs> never know. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, they're releasing all this stuff with UFOs. Like that's no, the a, only I thing. That's crazy. Here's a reason. Here's a reason why I think if they did find a Bigfoot. Um, if Bigfoot was real and they happened to capture it, somebody got it, right? I think that they would want to do some sort of specific testing on it to test its DNA, where it came from. They would want to study it and explore it before they put anything out. Just like, and it's a good thing you brought up the UFO stuff because it's the same thing. I mean, they've known about it maybe before Roswell, but that's where they're going to put the, the timeline at. And then now what? 60 years later now they're admitting yeah ufos are real after 60 years of saying like no it's not real they're weather balloons uh yeah it's just a flash of light in the sky from some sort of gas but they wanted all that time to study it because they want to be able to use it so it would make sense if they were to find a creature like bigfoot like the Loch Ness monster all these the mythical things we have but if they found those things, they would want to study them. They'd want to know everything about it, how they could kind of manipulate it in their favor. And then maybe they would come out with stuff. I have to say that John, was well thought out. You, you sound insane. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Venom, this kind of, I feel like this is like Venom, you know, where they want to study the symbiote first before they like release it and they're doing all those crazy experiments. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like basically Venom and then, oh shit, actually we kind of unleashed a monster, but so like what would the difference be for like the Loch Ness Monster and like um, when they discovered um, like the Mega Mouth Shark the mm. Mega Mouth were like huge sharks that were 
Mm. Uh, super different from any species that we had ever seen before. They actually had to make a new genus and a new family to house the species and a new genus and a new family to house the, every, spe- every species of parasite that they had. Mm. Um, and they were discovered in 1976, or described in 1976, but um, it was, you know, there's no cover-up with that. I would say it's because it's easier to stomach for people because you're talking about, like, it is a shark, okay? So people are well aware of sharks. It's not something that's, like, out of the ordinary. If they were to say the Loch Ness Monster is real, it's a dinosaur, people would freak out. And they'd be like, what else is real? What else do they have? That's that's not a bad response. I'm still on the side (laughs) of Paul here, but, like, that's really not a bad come back but just for the sake of siding with our guest you're insane <laughs> yeah brian you make no sense <laughs> <laughs> we need to we need paul on again you're an idiot <laughs> no but i have a question that might take or entail some description and a little long run-on sentences if you will so if you guys have questions go for it before i ask mine frill sharks have you worked with them frill sharks yes uh, I've worked with, uh, yeah, specimens. Um, I, I was trying to do a project with one, uh, in 2020 and I just couldn't travel to the location. So I'm actually, I'm hoping to do it, um, as soon as I can travel and I'm going to have to like, you know, figure out the funny thing all over again, but we were, um, funded to go look for them, uh, last year and then we just had to, um, back out because we couldn't, we couldn't get to the location. But hopefully, um, I mean, uh, we, ha- we have a spot where you can, um, th- there is a place where you can get them pretty reliably, but people just don't really know about it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Look at that. See, everyone had, we used to have a fishing spot at the duck <laughs> pond. It was where carps were um, fish. You had to, like, sneak under there, but I didn't like the dirty water, so I would just catch my sunnies. You know, like I didn't, I didn't care about the big carp. I would just go with the sunnies. They were like, that's what, that's what Scott calls little kids. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, I got bait here. Candy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like fishing. I just try to catch my sunnies. I can't be associated with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mistake. <laughs> well, all right. My question was because I did watch some stuff uh, earlier this week to prepare for this, and I don't know if you were a part of it, but like, it seems like we never touched with any of the shark experts about this. The process of actually tagging great white sharks. Have you ever done this? Uh, I've tagged sharks. I haven't tagged great whites. So um, what's the process of tagging a shark? So uh, there's, there's different kinds of tags. There's, um, there's um, like acoustic tags, which are usually about, you know, about that big. They can get bigger depending on the battery size and what you want this to do. So the acoustics, they send out um, a chirp. It's an actual sound, and that gets sent to a... Um, a receiver and they can tell what direction that tag is. They can identify the tag and they can tell how far it is. So uh, those are great for sharks because they'll swim, they'll swim around then you can get a lot of data from them. Um, the downside is you need a whole array of these receivers. You kind of have like a whole network, um, which you can do, you know, off, uh, off the coast if you have funding. But I, you know, a lot of the time I'm working in the middle of the ocean and there's no um, receivers. 
So another kind of tag is just the external tags, which are, we call them sometimes uh, spaghetti tags. It's just a strip of plastic. And it usually has a barcode on it, like a serial number and contact information. And that's just a, a recapture thing. So if, if you tag a shark and you release it and somebody else recaptures it, you can actually get a ton of data because you can figure out where they went and figure out how much they grew during that time and figure out a growth rate. Um, and you can get like, you know, mortality rates and you can get a lot of information from these cheap tags. Hmm. Um, a lot of the ones on the shows um, are um, sat tags, like the, the pop-up um, satellite archival tags. And so they're like a little computer that collects a ton of data. Um, and then it, it rides on the shark. And um, after a certain amount of time you, that you program in there, it will pop off, float to the surface, and that transmits to a satellite. Um, and then you get the data like that. Um, and so that's the kind I usually do. An another one is like a spot tag, which uh, is on the fin. And it transmits whenever the shark goes up to the surface because <clears throat> it has to break the water. But uh, my sharks are deep sea, and that's like never going to happen. <laughs> I was going to ask how long how long the battery lasts while it's on it. So it, it given amount of time, like a month or two, and then it falls off and goes to the surface. How long do you think it would follow the shark? Uh, I, I mean, it uh, it depends. Um, you know, a lot of the time you're you're limited by the size of your tags um, and, and the battery. I have some, and they're they're real big, and I put them on on mega mouth sharks because you know they're a big species. And um, the manufacturer told me they can last like five and a half years or something mm. like that. Wow, is, you know, crazy! I think the longest we put one out for was eighteen months. Um, so you can't get sorry, you can't get the data until it pops up. Yeah, because it can't you know transmit through all the water. Oh wow! Um, so okay. yeah, it will just ride along, and it will just keep. Um, you know, archiving everything, and uh, yeah, after you can program it to pop off whenever you want, um, and you can also program it to take a ton of data, like the ones that we put out were, uh, that would take a suite of data every four seconds, and so it did that for 18 months, and then popped up, and started transmitting to a satellite, and you only get chunks, okay. because, uh, you know, it transmits all the time, but it has to wait for a satellite to be right, you know, in orbit mm -hmm. over, so it's, it's always kind of spitting out data, and you just get okay. little chunks every day. I was going to say that, like, once it pops up, they're like, all right, who's got five and a half years to review what the shark did? And you're just following it. But yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. They, um, go on, Ellie. Sorry. Oh, no. I, well, I, it's not that important. I just asked, like, what type of information do you get from the tags? And then, like, how do you extrapolate the data and, like, organize it? And then do you have to send it off for, like, peer review? Or what do you do with the data? And then, again, how do you, like, interpret it? Yeah, I mean, yes to all, all of that, really. Like, you know, you, you get the data, and it's kind of a mess. You have to uh, decode it and put it in and kind of figure out what it means. It's, it's a lot messier than, uh, than I thought when I, when I first started with the tag. I just thought it would, like, you plug it in your computer, and, like, a map would pop up. And, like, uh, no, you have to, uh, you know, figure out where the shark went based on, like, the different conditions. The tags we use um, uses, like, the, uh, the layers of magnetism in the Earth. And so you have to, like, figure out where it's going based on that. Uh, it's, it's a huge pain. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you get the tag back, you have even more data because you can plug it directly into the computer. But, you know, it comes in um, every, every day, um, and then you get the reason reports. So you compile that, and you have to figure out what the shark's been up to. So it's been, you know, kind of a, a headache. Um, one thing that you can do, too, is people are using, um, like, these um, bio-loggers with an accelerometer in it, and that actually will give you where it's moving and, and how fast. Uh, the same way, like, your cell phone has an accel accelerometer into it. 
Yeah, one of our one of our other Shark Week guests said that they now see that the sharks could actually feel the pressure of the water. So when hurricanes come, they could tell that the water pressure is, I don't know if it's higher or lower, and they actually go really deep to protect themselves. So they've actually evolved to understand hurricanes as a natural thing. Oh, that's interesting. You know, that question came up so much when uh, being a shark expert when Sharknado came out. Yep. I was like, everyone was like, where do sharks go during tornadoes? <laughs> Yeah, but he said their whole, the side of their bodies are pretty much just like a big sensor for that. So if they feel the pressure of the hurricane coming, their bodies tell them that they're in shallow water, which is unsafe. They could, you know, get washed up on the beach. So they just go lower, lower. They find lower water. So the hurricane goes over them. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it's real cool. I mean, you know, I, I guess they've had so much time to uh, evolve. They're not going to get caught up in a, in a hurricane, yep. you know. Well, so last time you Sharknado on, can't happen. Okay, got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, last time you were on, I asked you a random question about the Malaysian flight in 2014. I won't do that again. So I'll ask Where you, is it? <laughs> I'll ask you another random question because you said that <laughs> because you said that you were out in the middle of nowhere of um and, and I was just wondering, has there ever been a time like something went wrong? Like maybe like communications went down. And you were like, oh, my God, like, we're trapped here. We're stranded. And, like, maybe, like, oh, my God, we might have to, you know, convert to cannibalism or something. <laughs> um, it's pretty I extreme. Mean, uh, <laughs> Hours uh, out. Yeah, we, we never lost power. Actually, if, if you lose power, especially in a, in a storm, you're in a, a lot of trouble because you have to, like, you know, maintain control of the boat and face it in towards the, the waves. You can't just be bobbing around mm -hmm. willy-nilly. So they always have, you know, a backup generator and – um. And all that, but um, I mean, one of the scariest when I was in the Indian Ocean, uh, we were. But the, the Malaysian flight crashed. We'll just throw that out there. But go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the weather was pretty bad out there sometimes. I mean, the the waves were just crashing like over the top of the boathouse. It's a big boat, so um, those were that was pretty um, that was kind of scary some of the times. Um, and then one time we were being like pursued by a boat that wouldn't like tell us who they were hmm. for uh for like one day and this is the indian ocean so like that just means pirates you know yeah, yeah. wow um, and so they kept you know the the captain kept trying to raise them and they didn't respond and then the next day they responded uh and they're like we're the french coast guard um okay. you know you you have to you have to stop the boat and the captain's like no i don't and just kept going so it might have been french coast guard but like you know, we're in international waters. So we definitely don't have to let people board us. Can I ask you, did so the cap? Did they chase after you, or did they just pull back? Uh, I mean, they chased us for a little bit, but they, they couldn't catch up. They know, were French. Were they were French. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't have the skull and crossbones flag, they're not a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I love French people. That was a joke. Anybody? I'm a huge fan of French toast. <laughs> Kiss. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of a giveaway, though, that they're not the French Coast Guard because, again, like once you're in international waters, pretty much anything goes. So right. I don't, you know, unless like you're in like French waters, then yeah, you have to obey French Coast Guard rules and whatnot. But again, international waters, anything goes. So yeah, yeah. Why the, to what extent you could just drive out there? Let's go for a little ride and just kill everybody. It's <laughs> like international. Is that really? Yeah, haven't like, you ever? I yeah. off the coast in California. You're it's like it's either five or ten miles off the coast. You're in like international waters. My dad used to sail, so it's like so. I had this idea actually. I'll, I'll talk about it later. But international waters, a lot of things go. Okay, 
Anything okay, else? we'll get Ellie's idea off <laughs> the record because <laughs> I'm interested now. But yeah. you ever see the Simpsons one where Homer took Mr. Burns' boat, went to international waters, and they held the Tyson Secretariat fight called Slaughter in the Water? That's it. <laughs> It's a random, <laughs> random census quote with a Duff Man hat on, but I do have yeah, another right. question about your friend, who I think is your friend, who is a friend of the show, one of the first uh, people we had on during Shark Week, Catherine McDonald, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I mean, so... Yeah. He's the best. Yeah, so she got a grant funding, um, like, to do her explorations, and I was wondering about that. I probably could have asked her, but you're on, so let's do this. We, uh, how do you go about that, and, like, do you guys have to throw, like, an essay together, or your, um, and who gives the grant? Uh, yeah, so I, I remember you told me, uh, Catherine McDonald's on, on last time, um, I, I, I've never worked with her, um, but I remember, uh, you told me about her, yeah. uh, like, in August. And um, so I'm working on the grant right now. I'm trying to get uh, NSF funding for a project, um, which is National Science Foundation. And, you know, it's a ton of work they, they want. Every, you know, everything has to be, um, you have to, you know, pretty much give a background, explain the need for this, um, and then do, you know, a lot of literature search. So it's a lot of work, um, but it also is, is well-funded. Um, so that's one way to do it. NSF is like a big funding source. And, um, and it's like, you know, it has to be, it, it's a lot of work um, to make the grant like the way that they like it. I've gotten some grants in the past from uh, like um, nonprofits and those are smaller and maybe a, a little bit less structured. And you can just kind of like write about your, your project and seek funding and then do that. And then one of the other ways to do it is, um, you know, to get some of these, uh, a network involved. I feel like it, it's a little bit weird to be a, a shark researcher um, on Shark Week because there's like a little bit, you know, some of the shark we researchers turn their noses up at it a little bit. But I think it's great because it's able to like fund a lot of these projects that I wouldn't be able to get funded otherwise. And it also is like a great way to get the information out to the general public because um, sometimes that stuff just goes into, uh, you know, publications and, and nobody reads it. Mm. Or, you know, podcasts like ours with only <laughs> 40 views, but it is what it is. <laughs> no, man, that's really cool. I'm glad you got your funding, but, like, does it – is it, like, a, when you write off an expense at work, like a company? Like, what is it – do you get, like – I don't know. I don't want to give a number. 50 grand, it covers food, travel, everything? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it depends on, on, uh, the grant. Sometimes there's something that they won't cover. Um, but you, you give them a budget, you know, how much it's going to cost to fly out there, how much it's going to cost to, uh, rent a boat, um, you know, everything like that. Um, any equipment that you need. And then you have to remember to put in, um, you know, laboratory costs and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like people think, um, you know, that shark researchers were like flying around the world, grabbing sharks and swimming with them and like petting dolphins. But a lot of it's just at your laptop, either, you know, writing applications for funds or uh, writing up your results so you can publish it. Damn. Right. But that be so exciting once you get it though. And you're like, yes, I get to go out now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it, it's a lot of uh, prep for it, but it's, it's, you know, it's worth mm -hmm. it, especially to see some of the cool stuff. Or when you get in the water with a shark, it's really exciting. 
What would you say the uh, acceptance letter for a grant when you're writing those applications? Like, it, are you writing it like this? This will probably happen, or is it like I really want this to happen? I hope they say yes. Like, what is that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes you you know if you're going into it and it's like a little bit like you know you're not sure, you go ahead and take the shot, and you can get um, shot down, which I've had happen. Uh, sometimes though, you'll, you know, especially if you're at a conference or a meeting and you're talking to people and they'll be like, Oh, that's perfect for our NGO. And you can, you know, you already kind of have a foot in the door because you know, if, if they bring it up, that would be a good project. So, you know, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, applying blind, it, it can be, uh, you know, kind of hard, especially depending on how competitive the grants are. Okay. Is there anything that's like, not like a sure thing, but a specific topic or a shark that you're like, this will definitely get grant. Um, no, I mean, not really. A, a lot of the time, if you if it's more, um, if there's more, you know, direct like application for like, you know, anybody who's making money. If it's if you're working on some project to uh, you know keep sharks from from taking bycatch off the hooks, like that's more likely to get funded because. Uh, you know, people will, will save or make money off your results. Mm. Um, yeah. Opposed to something, you know, like a lot of the projects I want to do is like, yeah, let's go just look for weird sharks. It's like, um, if nobody makes money, it's harder for, you know, yeah. to get funded. It's not like Deep Blue Sea Research. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, I would love to be. <laughs> I, I would sign up for a job on that boat. <laughs> you would? Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. Actually, I was uh, I was contacted a while ago by um, an Australian um, group, and they wanted to build uh, an at sea aquarium, all for uh, for great whites. And they said they uh, they wow. said you know they're they're, they're going to float at sea, and because you know we we have a lot of trouble keeping great whites in captivity because they're they're large open water species. So they're just going to like you know catch them every week or whatever. It, they said they had shark wranglers and they're going to have like this whole facility and people will be coming. You have to shuttle them in and out. And they were talking to me about working on a project with them. And I'm like, this is like definitely the beginning of like a horror shark movie. Right. Yeah. Like that we lose power or something and we can't, we can't get back to shore and a hurricane's coming in. That's like somebody giving you a call and being like, look, I figured out a way to bring back dinosaurs. You interested? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but there's like five movies that say why that's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ellie, I got some more questions, but I know you wrote some down. So if you got any more questions, go for it. Oh, yeah. Where did you do your undergrad? Um, I did my undergrad at Cornell up, uh, in upstate New York. Um, okay. I transferred there. I was at a, a community college for like uh, a billion years, then transferred out to Cornell. Cool. See, we, have, we have something in common, Paul. I went to community college too. Cool, man. Yeah, I went to uh, I went That's to Sac City. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> He's like, cool, man. All right. Like, yeah, I'm a shark expert. <laughs> uh, no, I I loved my time at. Uh, I went to Sac City for. I went there for seven years. From uh, Sac. A long time. Yeah, I'm from Sacramento. Are you from Sac? Oh shit. Bay Area represent, although Bay Area adjacent, but very cool. That's pretty, yeah. I didn't even know you were from Sacramento. See, we got two Cali people on here. And Cali. Cal Cali, Forn, Cal Cal Say the thing. Say we're bi-coastal. Yeah. 
be, why can't I say Cali? Is that like a East Coast it's thing? It's like, no one says that. I do. G-Man says it. You're so not from there because you're like just a bunch of, you know, you're from the East Coast. So it's like, you know, yeah, typical, you know, but. California. Okay. Paul, you mentioned that um, the grants can't get funded. Now, you know me. We've talked a little bit. I'm a straight shooter, and I want to ask you. You don't have to say names. Just give a yes or no. Is there a sleaze bucket or scumbag who makes backdoor deals that he gets the grants he wants, and he blocks you guys, the hardworking people? <laughs> you don't have to say a name, but is there one or two people that is universally not liked in this field? Oh, man. You I mean, you can't get started with the – um. Yeah, with the, the stuff in the shark world. There's like, but it, it tends to um, kind of break into like kind of factions. You know, there's like the people that are more pure science, there's the people that do more of the high profile stuff. Um, yeah, it's, uh, there's not, I mean, you know, there's not a, a ton of beef, but there's a little bit of people like, oh, that person's like weird. Avoid them and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, because we had the shark suit inventor Jeremiah Sullivan on. And, uh, boy, did he not like one or two people. But we'll talk about that another day. Okay? And I think, I'm wondering if the names are the same. I'm going to ask you while we're off the oh, air. For okay. Uh, yeah. As far as Shark Tank goes, the show. Now, you know how they partner up to invest. Do you guys ever do that? Like, for grants? Like, let's say, for instance, just names are turned out to you and Miss McDonald or Dr. McDonald, like, Hey, we have this idea, but we might not get a grant, but let's work together, write it together. Have you guys ever teamed up as shark experts to, like, do something together that have the same interest? Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's, um, that's not uncommon, uh, especially if you uh, – I'm talking – one of my friends is trying to study sharks, um, and he wants tissues to look at, like, you know, um, like uh, muscle tissues or fin clips to look at uh, plastic buildup, you know, how much bioaccumulation there is of plastic. And I want tissues to look at genetics. And so we're like, hey, let's just take, you know, two samples and we'll, we'll trade. You, we'll you don't know you don't, the amount of work done. You don't know what I need tissues for and you don't want to know. That's for another podcast. <laughs> how, do you, how do you go about measuring the amount of plastic in their tissue? Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you go to their stomach? Uh, you know, th this is his project and I don't know, uh, much about it. Um, but what I, what I think it is, is, you know, how, um, like there's all like the water bottles when you drink the water, there's like some, um, chemicals get in there. So I think what it is, it's an accumulation of those chemicals. So, um, uh, right. they get integrated into their tissues. Cause you know, if, if you eat a piece of plastic, uh, you're not going to absorb that much of it, you know, but, um, I think mm -hmm. it's a long-term, um, you know, uh, absorption of those chemicals that he's interested in. Yeah, it makes sense over years. All right, Paul. Um, we could get to our last segment. If uh, anyone else has any questions, uh, give it to them. If not, we could go into the fun segment. Ellie, you got anything else? Oh, yeah, really quick. So when you bring up, like, your sorry, that's my dog's foot. Uh, <laughs> when you that's his other foot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. He's really good at interrupting. Um, so when you bring up like your deep sea sharks and whatnot, and you know, when they obviously are changing like pressure and whatnot for like their eyes pop out, will that ever mess up your metrics? Like, cause their bodies kind of get all wonky and, you know, messed up since they're from their very high pressure environment to essentially no pressure. Will that ever like skew your metrics like for dimensions or do you like have a formula to like 
you know, calculate that out or how does that work for you? Um, yeah. Uh, so sharks, um, don't have swim bladders like fish, uh, like bony okay. fish, uh, bony fish, they get, um, the, the pressure change can be pretty bad. You know, their, their stomachs usually extrude and their eyes can, um, bulge and it's, it's pretty rough on them. The sharks don't seem to have that. Um, you know, they still have, some gas in their blood and everything like that. But um, they just don't really go through like the, the really big um, change, um, you know, with, with the oxygen or with the, the gas in their, you know, stomachs expanding. Uh, but that being said, there's a whole uh, pile of problems with like taking those different morphometric measurements because um, a lot of the time they're taken from different people, uh, by different people. Um, sometimes, uh, there's like kind of different definitions if they're not clear enough. And then one thing is if you're working with uh, preserved specimens, you keep them in um, ethanol, which takes out all the water and they wind up changing shape. So um, there are a lot of uh, kind of issues down the line with that stuff. And, and sometimes you get really large ranges of measurements, which doesn't make identification any easier. Eek. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, thank you. All right. All right, so um, you ready for the gun to your head segment here? Because uh, I know, I know, last time uh, I think, <laughs> oh yeah, Paul's like, oh yeah, that shit. <laughs> so, I think Brian won last time. I thought it was Brian fun won. last time. Yeah, Brian, I forget what he had. It was a hammerhead. The shark street shark. Well, it was a little, it was a little <laughs> overrated of a question, but whatever. I, I heard it today, and I think I won. But hey, what's the best? <laughs> That was 2020. Looking let's, forward. Let's not forget I did bring up Falcor from the Never Ending Story that Brian still has not watched since that day. But we'll go on with it. So, uh, Ellie's like, these guys are so competitive, it's ridiculous. And I'll start off first because people think I cheat and I go last just to get a victory. Right? So, I I'm going to ask you first. All right, Paul, you ready? Ready, man. I'm nervous now. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Would you rather just get thrown overboard or for a year watch the movie Overboard? <laughs> yes. Uh, probably watch the movie Overboard. I mean, you know, opposed to dying. Dying. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I could throw you a life raft, but it is. <laughs> okay. Would you rather get stuck in the lost city of Atlantis or in the wrong city in Atlanta? <laughs> Uh, Atlantis. That actually would be pretty cool. All right. You, if you came back, you come and tell the story. That's fine. Solid question. Like, give myself yeah, I'd be, five. Why do you give yourself your own rating? What? I don't know what you're talking about. I'll rate myself first. I win next. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, we'll go with you because I know you cheat and write these while the show's going No, nah, this is, look, eight, oh, 833. <laughs> uh, all right. Would you rather be a great white shark with human teeth or a human with great white shark teeth? <laughs> oh, man. Those both sound pretty bad, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shark teeth on a human. I'm going to... Go okay, but then they can't bite as much. It's a tough. It's it's such a good question. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, this is kind of similar to that one. Uh, this is kind of similar. I just want to hear your answer. Be a shark with human limbs or a human with shark fins. <laughs> yeah, those both, those are both be terrible. <laughs> Imagine how like what a useless shark you'd be trying to like take down a seal, just like you're just slow as hell. 
with human teeth too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this feels like get away from me. Quit it. <laughs> Fighting me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Those are so good. Um, anyway. No. Yeah, those are both good. I, I would be a human in both cases because, like, it's a death sentence if you're a shark, you know, with, with human legs, you're just going to die. Sure. Yeah. yeah <laughs> over here, you'd, you'd have to try to get your own reality TV show, Shark Boy. You'd be rich. You know? You'd be a rich yeah. shark teeth fin person. <laughs> Sometimes two really good questions cancel each other out, I'm just going to say. So, Ellie, <laughs> Ellie, do you have any or no? Uh, Brian can go. All right, Brian, you're up. Okay, I'm expecting big things. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Oh! What? No, 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 no. I'm ready to go. There is. Just go. Would you, would you rather be labeled a cry baby or have to make a baby cry? <laughs> Damn it, that's That's <laughs> Um, that's a, that's like, that's a good, bad one. I don't, you know, like part of me is like, well, cry baby. Cause like I could just get the label and not make a baby cry, but like babies are crying all the time anyway. Right. So, um, but I, I, I go with being labeled cry baby. This, so I wouldn't have to feel bad. The that's last right. thing Paul needs is to say, I'll make a baby cry. Oh, Nate, yeah. Geo, <laughs> alien shark, Paul <laughs> Baby torture. For a year, would you rather have to wear sweatpants or a wet suit? I, I already spent 2020 in sweatpants. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. sweatpants over the wetsuit. Have you guys ever had a wetsuit on? They could be oh, uncomfortable. After they're they're, they're awful. To my yeah. body structure. Once you get out of the water, it's it's just to get it off, it just sucks to your skin. It's yeah. it's awful. It's jerseys they outline everything and that's bad for me so i i can't i can't put one on well you know the trick to warming it up right put it in the microwave before that's what they say (laughs) take a (laughs) little 98.6 on that bad boy yeah you always have to do it all right uh ellie do you have any or no we'll go okay Okay, would you rather eat shark fin soup or turtle fin soup Oh, ugh, there's, there's no good answer for that one. Because um, either way, you're a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you have to eat soup. I'd rather have a gun to my head, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a terrible question. We'll go with, we'll go with the, uh, the turtle fin. Are they in as much trouble as the, well, as the shark, shark fin? You'd have to go with yeah. turtle because God forbid you uh, you wanted a grant and someone's like, you're going to kill them for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Save them uh, or eat them. What I'm are you trying to do? Bro? <laughs> you got these pictures I'm of Paul and turtle week anytime soon. soon so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Is that it, Ellie? You got one? We're good? Yeah, that's it. That All was right, it. Paul. You got to pick a winner here. There's a tough. I mean, there's a lot. You got the <laughs> overboard question. <laughs> <laughs> that one stands out. Oh, <laughs> I, I, just, I have to go with the, uh, the human shark teeth situation. That, I, that, was, uh, that was really I will, good. I, I consider go that a win. I consider oh, yeah. that a win. I'll Thank go you guys. out on a limb, Eric. This is the bullsh- best question you've ever had. What one? <laughs> your, your shark teeth one. The best question you've ever had. That, no. that, that might I don't be know about that. Plan back. Plan back. This yeah. is what happens when I give compliments. I like, just take it. I don't get this nice. <laughs> Yeah, that was all right. I think the Sailor Jerry one was pretty yeah. fun. Yes. Shark teeth. That was better. <laughs> cool. 
Paul, thanks for coming on, man. Look forward to seeing you. Um, hey, when you get the projects rolling again, let us know. Like, seriously, we'd love to have you on again. And Shark Week is coming up in August, so um, we will definitely contact you if we don't talk to you by then and get you on. Um, by the way, is there a chance if you catch a shark, you can name it True Exact? Is that possible? Oh, my God. <laughs> it would be possible. Okay, we'll talk after the show. Oh, oh, what about Eric asked the best questions. That's a good one, too. That's a good show. Oh, man. That, we should talk about bad shark games at some point on, on one of these. That's, that's, cool. that's a great random you uh, topic, uh, by the way. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot, uh, Paul. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's, let's do it again soon.